Read in the bed and bed. Read in the bed and bed. Hello everyone. Do you like my hat? It's not real. I'm going to invite Andy over now. <laughs> Afternoon, all people. As you can see, I don't know how she got the hat there, but I haven't got one, so I'm going to no, cry. It, might, it cry. might come to you later, though. <laughs> we were testing this out a second ago, and the hat kept moving from me to Andy and back again. Looked like damn good of me as well, it did. Which is no good to anyone who's going to be listening to this when it comes an audio on Anchor, but never mind. Oh, well, hey ho. So, shall we tell people what this is? What is this, Amanda? Right, so this is a special reading in bed episode, and I'm going to be narcissistic for once, and I'm going to promote my book, which is called How to Write Wrong: A Choose Your Own Adventure Story. I've got that now. Hey, everybody, hats jumps to me now. Yay! I got the hat. Oh, boo, boo! <laughs> That's what happens when you start getting excited about the hat. See, so my mum, my mum starts jumping, helping down like this. Yeah. Right, jump back in my head. Yeah. Come on, man, jump up and down. No. Right, seriously, come on. Right. So we're going to do a live reading of this. Yes, now, Amanda, why a choose your own adventure book before we start? Seriously, I did toy with the idea of doing it. And then I started this book and I sort of abandoned it and thought, yeah, I'll carry on doing it as a choose your own adventure book. And people will want to know why the topic you chose in this book, how to write bad, is it? How, how, how to, to write, write wrong, well. how to write wrong, sorry. Yeah, obviously it's not based on anybody, but when you run a magazine and go around spoken word nights and things, you bump into people. So there might be like little things in there that have, started from what somebody's done and then you've exaggerated it into a story. Or lied. <laughs> well, yeah, it's fiction. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Okay, so shall we start? I'll read this bit out and I'll come to the choices and Andy's going to choose, so he's going on an adventure this morning. I don't know why. I've not even read this book yet and hat's back on me to symbolise it's starting now, so... <laughs> okay, go for it. Okay. You wake up one morning after not reading a book since your school days and you decide to be a writer. With no good or bad writing to compare against your own, you just know how to write and anyone who tells you otherwise is wrong. Hell, maybe they're jealous of your natural ability to craft the masterpiece. After all, most people need to learn through a combination of books, courses, critical feedback and workshops. Not you, though. It's not their fault they don't realise your natural talent, but they soon will. Sitting down at your laptop, the words just flow. After an hour, you start to search for publishers. Sure, your thousand words isn't a finished novel yet, but it's going to be a masterpiece. And that's worth giving the world a heads up about. You make a list of who you would like to have the honour of selling your book to the masses. Do you wait until you've finished your novel to send it to the publishers on your shortlist? Do you finish the novel and seek out an agent to represent you? Or do you go ahead and send the publishers what you've got so far? It's got to be the third one. So you're going to send it to the publishers yes. even though you've only written a thousand words? Yeah, get it out, get it out, right? Okay. Right. So you're so sure of your natural talent and the potential... <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm sorry, I know. <laughs> Sorry everyone. You're so sure of your natural talent and the potential of your unfinished manuscript, so why wait? 
There are three publishers on your list, but you probably won't get as far as contacting the third before the first or second choice snaps you up. You complete your cover letter. Dear Sarah Madam, sorry for not taking the time to research your name, but you must understand, I am a very busy writer, and time spent researching could be time spent writing my novel, which despite only writing this small statement, is guaranteed to be a bestseller throughout the world. Perhaps even the first novel to get pre-orders from other planets, if you market it correctly. <laughs> the good news is, I'm giving you first dinner. Please let me know ASAP, because I have two more publishers to contact after you, and there's no doubt in my mind one of them will snap it up. But you are my first choice, so don't mess this up. As you will understand, I can't disclose the plot just yet, because I wouldn't want to risk you passing this on to the likes of King or Rowling and cutting me out completely. Just trust me when I say this is going to be huge. You sign and date the letter, then decide to print out three copies and address one to each publisher on your shortlist. Let them fight it out for your manuscript. You take all three to the post office and send them by special delivery. Those publishers will want to be informed about your masterpiece in the making ASAP. You remember reading somewhere that you should enclose a stamped address envelope, but they won't mind paying for the return postage. The following day, you write another thousand words in, in an hour. This writing business is so easy. You don't understand why some authors complain about the long hours and hard work. It's not like bricklaying or any other equally physical labour at the same time. Do you decide to go ahead and build yourself a house while speaking into a tablet loaded with voice recognition software? Or should you concentrate on getting your manuscript ready before your chosen publishers start fighting among themselves for the right to it? I'll say the first one, please. Okay, so you're going to build a house and write a book at the yeah. same time, so multitasking. Yeah, us men can multitask yeah. before you knew that. Who knew? Men are very clever. Okay, so you choose to write and build because if you can, you should. Three months later, you have a 90,000 word manuscript and a house. You haven't heard back from the publishers, even though you paid for your mail to be redirected to your new address. The post office must have pocketed the money and thrown your mail in the bin. You've been to your hold house a few dozen times now, and the new tenants reckon no post has gone there for you. They might be lying, wanting to block your path to success. Don't let them. Rest assured, those publishers will track you down one way or another to talk about the terms of your publishing contract. They would be stupid not to. You go back to your house and begin making a list of backup publishers. You have no intention of allowing any of them to handle your precious manuscript, but it will be fun to watch them fight over it. <laughs> you put on another jumper as a draught seems to be coming from somewhere in your newly built walls. Typical, whoever made those bricks for you did a rubbish job. How are you ever supposed to build a decent house when the materials are faulty? While you wait for the bidding war to start for your novel, you hold the housewarming party to show off your other creation. Your friends and family cast critical looks at the wall. You point out the obvious issue of the quality of the bricks. Your brother says something about the window not shutting properly. What does he know? He only worked in a call centre selling windows for two years. He doesn't actually know anything about what a window should look like. <laughs> the office where he works doesn't even have windows, just four walls. No wonder he lacks imagination. It's time to start the next step of conquering the world as a writer. What will you choose to do next? Start submitting extracts of your forthcoming novel to journals, or maybe you should concentrate on the editing. It's got to be the first one. So you're going to submit to journals? Yeah, submit to journals, definitely for me. 
Obviously you don't need to edit. Your work is already perfect. You buy a book, not to read, just to get the contact details for all the publications to send an extract to. Starting in alphabetical order, the first journal listed only accepts poetry to a maximum of 40 lines, but you send the 2,000 word sample anyway. They will make an exception for you when they read it. The following day, the editor of the first journal responds to you. He reckons as a new author, you should read the guidelines before submitting. His publication only accepts poetry, not novel extracts. He has deleted it without reading. What an idiot, right? <laughs> Pointing out the obvious like that. Yours could have been the first novel extract to be included in his publication. You're sure his readers would have appreciated the chance to read a snippet of your soon-to-be bestseller. You tell him so and point out your fast writing experience spanning across months. So you're hardly a new writer, as he claims. You believe in giving people second chances, so you reattach the Word document and insist he reads it. Because he and his readers will miss out otherwise. The ignorant man doesn't even respond. No worries, there are a hundred more publications in your book, so you send an extract to them all. A few days go by and you hear nothing. You check and recheck all the email addresses you were typed were typed as they were are displayed in the book. Of course they were. You're not stupid enough to type an email address wrong. Then you send a polite reminder to everybody. You change the wording a little, but it's something along the lines of, I sent you a novel extract three days ago. I'm sure you received it. Can you tell me when you will be publishing it? As soon as I know, I can begin sharing it to my social media following of 500. You realise you've added an extra server, but keep it there anyway. You don't have 500 followers yet, but you soon will. Just two of them bother to reply. One says they only accept short stories, and the other says they will email you for your decision within six months. You wonder what is wrong with these people. Oh well, they're lost. Time to move on to the next step. Do you contact the local radio station, or do you publish your manual? Polish your manuscript to perfection. What do you think I'm going to go for? You're going to go to the radio, I know you. How do you know that? <laughs> okay. Go for it. Radio then, please. Radio, radio. <laughs> oh, not literally. Sorry, Jenny. I'm <laughs> Ruth. I'm Ruth. <laughs> okay. You're certain your manuscript is already perfect. So you contact the local radio station to offer them an exclusive interview about yourself and the story behind your book. Remember to point out you're a self-made genius. They might not be able to tell this from the email alone. If you can tell them that you're a modern-day Stephen King, or mention how you are to horror what Neil Gaiman is to fantasy, then all the better. <laughs> that will give them a realistic comparison of, your qual of the quality of your writing. The radio station contacts you and gives you an interview in two months' time. You accept, but resent having to wait. You're sure many of the authors who wrote all those books on displaying waterstones never have to wait this long for an interview. You decide it's time to build up some hype about yourself. The media need to be asking for your time, not the other way around. As a publicity stunt, you put your name down for an open mic spot, supporting a well-known author on his book launch. You're told you can read a novel extract no longer than four minutes. You tell them your extract is under four minutes, knowing full well your first chapter will take over 15 minutes to read. When the compare tells you to wrap it up after five minutes, you tell him you've only done three. What is time, anyway? Just a meaningless way of measuring out parts of the day. 
two idiots in security uniforms approach you, <laughs> but you carry on reading as they drag you away. You manage to take the photocopies of your manuscript and scatter them across the table where the main author's books are spread out, ready to be sold after his reading. Now he will read your book, and as long as he's not the jealous type, he'll tell his publisher how great it is. Your antics make page 27 of the regional newspaper. <laughs> They've got it all wrong, though. They think you gate-crashed the author's book launch. You yell at the newspaper as you hurl it into the recycling bin outside. I was on the guest list, morons. <laughs> the lady next door looks at you and shakes your head. I'm an author, you declare, and walk back inside with your head held high. You're not surprised when you open your laptop to see a reply from the publisher. The surprise arrives when you read, Sorry, we won't be publishing your novel. Below these offending words, the editor has included some feedback on your work. I would suggest you give this manuscript an editor or two. Also, the main character is unbelievable and his name changes halfway through the manuscript. Then there are several substantial plot holes, such as, You don't read the rest, you don't need to. How dare he criticise you? What do you do now? Listen to the publisher and finally start editing? Or do you let him know what you think about his feedback? What do you think I want to go for <laughs> I can guess. Go on, I'm going to tell him, honey. You're going to let rip. <laughs> I certainly I certainly wouldn't listen. No. <laughs> In real life, I would, but not our stage. <laughs> no, you'd go, yeah, yeah, and then you'd just go ahead and do it. Nah. Yeah. Go on. Okay. Page 41, then. Yeah. Right, you didn't need to edit before, and you certainly don't need to edit now. You sit down and type out a response. You clearly don't see the genius of my story, and I've mistaken the twists for plot holes. I would expect more from someone working within your field. If I had known how narrow-minded you are, I would never have allowed you to read my work, and I will call my character whatever the hell I like. You block him, satisfied that will have the la that you will have the last word. But you know he'll realise the error of his ways and try to apologise before realising it's too late and he's lost the best writer he could have signed to his publishing house. You no longer believe in giving second chances. You've signed up for another open mic slot, keen to jump on the success, mostly, of the last one, while your name is still being discussed in the very local media. After all, no publicity is bad publicity. When you arrive ten minutes before your slot, you realise it's a hip-hop night, despite fuming <laughs> over the badly worded social media advert, which didn't make this clear at all. You decide you can do anything if you put your mind to it. You spend the entire five minutes of the slot rapping the words of your book. It goes down extremely well. The people in the audience are so in awe of you, they stare open-mouthed, marvelling at your talent. You wish you could stick around afterwards to bask in the glory. But a writer of your stature can't be seen mingling with the likes of some of these lesser talented people. You have the performance bug now, so begin looking up all the open mic nights locally and beyond. Soon everyone will know your name. Do you self-publish your manuscript, or do you get a friend to check it for you? What do you think I'm going to go for? I'll let you tell everyone. Oh, now what the tell them again, so do I yes. self-publish? Yes. Well, self-publish a manuscript obviously not been edited, so it has to be self-published. Okay then, so you're self-publishing. I've taken quite an adventure in this one, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, you've got for the longest one. You have no friends. They were all too envious of your writing ability, so you had to ditch them all. So you decide to self-publish to give your audience something to buy and take away with them. You can always write another book when all the publishers have ignored you or turned you down, realised their mistake and scrambled to sign you up. 
You can't understand why nobody buys your book at the next open mic night you read at. Someone tells you it's a poetry night. You respond by telling them your writing is beyond genre. A journal you contacted over six months ago finally gets in touch with you. They want to publish your novel extract. When it goes to print, it's different from the version you set in. <laughs> they have changed certain words, saying that they've corrected spelling mistakes. When you query it, they said that your mistakes couldn't be published. You kick up a fuss, saying they changed the meaning of everything and start demanding your payment. They claim it to be a non-paying market. But even with your extract ruined by them, it will increase their sales and make them a ton of money. So you send invoices every week demanding payment. <coughs> they won't budge and start ignoring you instead. You consider taking them to court, but you get distracted. Your first review for your self-published book appears on a major website where your book is for sale. The man calling himself Bob says that your book lacked plot and consistency and needs spell-checking. Do you ignore it and move on, or do you let him know what you really think? Oh, I've got to tell you, you've got to really let him know what you think. <laughs> well, you're doing well here. <laughs> you haven't yeah. died yet. <clears throat> I know. I get the feeling of this one, and the way the man's going to this book, I think she'll have no voice left with the end of this. <laughs> voice? What's a voice? Exactly. <laughs> you don't need a voice here, right? I know. There's no way you can allow his comments to tarnish your reputation. You call him stupid before demonstrating a consistent knowledge of little-known swear words, all spelt correctly. That ought to show him how knowledgeable you are. The argument rages on for months, but you easily outsmart him with every clever response you throw back at him. You continue going to open mic nights, but some of the people who run them refuse to let you read out your work. Complaints flood in from jealous writers. They reckon you're rude, obnoxious and go well over the allotted time, meaning other writers sometimes miss out. You wouldn't say you go over by much, and you've heard some of those people reading. You're doing everyone else a favour by cutting into their time. You've lost count of all the occasions they interrupted your open mic spot, claiming you had gone over, despite you only doing a few measly minutes each time. The day of your radio interview arrives, after they made you wait for months. The host introduces you as a self-published author, then asks why you didn't opt for the traditional route. There's a disdain in his voice when you tell him the world needed to read this story and you couldn't wait for a publisher to figure out their ass from their elbow. He cuts to a song and tells you to leave. You know for sure you haven't gone over your time. It's supposed to be another 55 minutes of the show. You deny swearing on there when they reckon that's why you should leave. How dare you accuse me of this? I'll fucking sue you, you shout as two security guards escort you out of the building. You make the local cassette again, page 25 this time. Things are looking up. The headline reads, Local man kicked out of radio station. Despite the dramatisation, you take a black marker and scribble right to where it says man. Then you pin the article up on the fridge, knowing you've finally made it to stardom. The end. <laughs> so you, you, you won as an author and you didn't die. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, anyway, Amanda. Okay, uh... Obviously, do you want to tell people there's a lot more options on that book, isn't there? So Yeah, and thank God we didn't go through them all. <laughs> well, no, we went through a fair few, fair few down mind you, didn't we? So, oh, excellent. That was fantastic. So this that. is available to buy on Amazon now. Well, it's a pre-order. It's out on the 11th. The physical book's going to be out at the same time as the Kindle. So buy it. The Kindle's only 79 pence until the end of May. Oh, good to exactly. me. It's not even a chocolate bar. No. Amanda's a set donations of chocolate bars, mind you. Yeah, I would sell these books for a chocolate bar. <laughs>
<laughs> so that's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Read in the bed. 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 Read in the b